Welcome to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tab the Croc, and every Monday, I talk to someone here in North Idaho, the goal to connect more people in the Coeur d'Alene area. And then every Friday, I talk to someone outside the community to bring in a new perspective and to learn a little bit about yourself. Do you love the Pacific Northwest as much as I do? And how do you show it everywhere you go? Get yourself clothing that reflects the love today. Head over to Forever Green and see everything they have to offer. From hoodies to t-shirts, even bathing suits for the summer. Forever Green will have something you will love. Someone wants you to go to www.forevergreenpnw.com. That's the number four, E-V-R-G-R-N-P-N-W.com. And don't forget that everyday hoodie. It's a buy one, get one half off. All right. I have Sarah with me today. Um, I thank you for joining me. I'm super happy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This could be fun. Yes. Um, so I met her through one of our mutual friends, Lacey, and she started to tell me of some of the cool stuff she's been doing in North Idaho. And I was like, I'm living under a rock because what we're doing and I've not experienced it. And I love this stuff. And I think I was telling you, I just come back from Vegas at the time. And I was like, we just went to this dream world place. And you're like, that's kind of essentially what I created. What? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, first of all, Sarah, thank you. And tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, hi, thanks for having me. So yeah, my name's Sarah Mann and, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 22. So I'm mostly just a serial entrepreneur. Um, I start a lot of things and then I see where they go. But, um, when I was 22, Russell, my husband and I bought Enoteca, which is a local wine shop. And we ran that and built and grew it into wine, beer, retail, a bar, and shipping company. And so built that up for nine years and then sold it at about nine and a half years. And, um, that was really amazing. It was like the school of hard knocks for entrepreneurship. Oh, Uh, Yeah. And it was all of my twenties. So I was like, Whoa. And then we sold it because, um, we were both having some health issues. We were really burnt out, um, learned everything the hard way and decided like, look, wine and beer is great, great industry, really like it, but it is not, when I look into old age, this is not the end for me. I don't want to be doing this forever. So we decided to sell because we knew we could build it again if we wanted to. And, um, kind of did some soul searching We we were able to retire for a couple of years and not do anything, which was nice, but the soul searching that we didn't do in the twenties. And so, um, I did two programs. I did a psych program and then an entrepreneurial, like deep dive on the online stuff, how to launch a product online and all that. And, um, the psych I really liked because it helped me to connect with the entrepreneurial side. Like, um, if I were to hire people again, if I were to have a business partner again, like Russell's my business partner, he's my, also my life partner. And so, learned a lot there as far as it, it requires a lot of skills to have healthy partnerships. And so did all that. And then simultaneously, my kiddo was getting older. And, um, so I started a little fashion company and that's still, it's still humming along, but it's still little. I keep it little because I only have so much energy, but my passion is that, um, when my kiddo got to be in third grade, Um, he was diagnosed with dyslexia, Mm -hmm. which 
is fine. Okay. I didn't know a lot about it, but the more I learned, I realized, oh, I might have some dyslexia (laughs) that I was struggling with. And then um, he, let's see. So first and second grade were okay. Um, The teacher in first grade was like, I think he, he might have some dyslexia. And we were like, okay, well, um, we just will deal with it. And then by third grade, his third grade teacher was like, this is a big leap because we go from learning to read to reading to learn and it's not going to work out. And I was like, what do you mean? It's not going to work out. And, um, it, it basically was, we're not long story short, they're not going to do anything. Maybe add a couple minutes to, um, his test taking or something like that, but, um, not really help him. And so we're like, okay, I guess this isn't the place for us. It was a little local school. And then we went in and started talking to all the public schools locally, and they were all saying the same thing. And then we knew other kids with the same issues, starting to reach out, get into a community. And it was all the same stuff, which is we're not going to be able to really do anything. Meanwhile, I have a friend who has a clinic for dyslexia back then. And she said, uh, yeah, nobody is really fully equipped with the skills uh, locally, like locally by Pacific Northwest state of Idaho locally. So within hours of driving and hundreds of miles. So um, she had this little clinic that we were paying for him to go and kind of get some remedial help, but it wasn't doing um, it's it has to be hours and hours every day that you're building these new neural pathways And it wasn't um, like the one hour every, uh, I think it was four days a week for one hour. It wasn't making the dent that we needed. And so my friend who owns this clinic, we're we're talking and having coffee. And she's like, well, my dream would be to start a school. And I'm like, well, what's stopping you? And she's like, well, it's scary. And I was like, yeah, life's scary. But there's (laughs) so, so many people need you. So many kids need you. And, um, and I didn't know that that was the moment that, but she was like, oh, I need to do this. So she did. And that's crazy. (laughs) We kind of talked her into starting a school, but she did. And so she bought property. It's in Post Falls. She got the, um, it's a neurological program that for four hours a day, the students do, and it builds new neural pathways in 18 different parts of the brain. And, um, how I got involved with that was, you know, yeah, we talked her into it, but then when I found out the price, I was like, oh, oh, this is like college, like Ivy league college tuitions. Never mind. I'm so glad you did this for others, but I'm, I'm scared now. (laughs) Now I'm really scared. And, um, but Judah, so I homeschooled Judah for about a year and a half. And then he, just, it started getting out of my league. I am not a born educator. <laughs> it's not something I'm super. I think a lot of moms are feeling that during COVID. They're like, oh, yeah. I am not an educator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, when that started, I saw some friends that were like, what the F I am not. Why this is not my favorite. <laughs> I was like, yep, I've been there. I get it. The cool thing is though, that I, I am always grateful for, um, 
the relationship with my son, even though it wasn't my favorite, right? But the relationship stuff that I saw throughout the day, I wouldn't have seen if he was all all at school the whole time. So I really liked that part. And while I didn't want it to go on forever for like that year and a half, I there was good things about it. But I knew I wasn't doing him a good service. He's a great kid. I just is I didn't want to be stunting him with my lack of know-how. So went back to my friend crying, like, I don't even know what to do. Can you help me with some, some tools or something? And she's like, look, look, you bet on me. I'll bet on you. Bring Judah in. We'll do, you'll pay something. We'll figure out what you can do. And then I would love you to just help us raise funds. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that I can do. Um, that was also scary, but if we bet on each other, then that's just a leap of faith we'll take together. And thank God I did all that psych about relationship stuff prior, because that really helped with communication in a really scary thing. So um, the couple moms that were doing fundraising before uh, I, I got there, it was really a struggle. They were putting in hours and effort and making like 1200 here, um, 500 there, maybe 4,000 was the biggest one. And I was like, this is not making a dent guys. We have, we got to think bigger. We got to do something because, um, this is not going to be able to pay. I mean, the school's in the red, right. And some of these things would help like pay a little bit of somebody's salary. So we had to keep going, but um, Elisa, the founder of the school had taken such a big leap financially. It's very expensive to start a school. Um, all it, it, the odds were against us. And so we put our heads together. Um, and I was like, okay, so somebody had mentioned a haunted house. Cause we didn't want to do galas, um, in this town. There's, there's so many. Whew, and, and in business, I hate doing competition. Um, I don't, I want to do something unique that provides a unique thing. Not that, um, like if I did a restaurant or something, I would, you know, and it's not to say it couldn't be hamburgers, like everybody's doing hamburgers, but provide something a little bit different. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So in this area, there's a ton of galas. I didn't want to do a gala because the same people go to the galas, all the same galas. It's, it's kind of just a very not super small pool, but it's small enough that we don't need one more call. <laughs> so and then, right. It's just, I, and I think they're all great. Like all the causes are awesome. I, it's just like, well, then why, why should we? So in the book, um, uh, oh gosh, what's well, he has red oceans and blue oceans. So a red ocean is full of competition and a blue ocean nobody's done before. So like he gives the example of circuses. Well, everybody had done circuses with clowns and animals and the culture shifted to where, um, people weren't enjoying seeing animals with big chains around them and all this, like it just, which thank God. So Cirque du Soleil comes along and it's circus, but with no animals and, and a better production and more talent from the humans. And that's a blue ocean. So we talked about it and I, and they had brought up a haunted house. I'm like, guys, there's like 10 haunted houses in October. I don't think we should do that, but we could still do like a walkthrough thing. And I had seen meow wolf 
um, I'd seen a random, like, I don't know what it was on Facebook, like a 30 second video on it. And it gave, and I was like, people like art installations now because I went to school for art and I couldn't figure out how to make it interesting for anybody. <laughs> so I was like, what? what? They like this? Like a bunch of artists got together, bought a mall and made it cool. Yeah. Well, we could do that. And we don't have to like rip it off where you, you know, you open the fridge and you go into another dimension, but we could make it cool and people would like it. And it doesn't have to be scary. And, and the benefit is that our kiddos, some of our kids, like mine is also on spectrum. And so when you have autism in play, uh, super loud noises or super frightening things like haunted houses, just they get upregulated really fast and overwhelmed and it's not fun anymore. And I was like, well, Okay, so cool statistics on dyslexia. It's 20% of the worldwide population. That's a huge amount of humans, one in five. So you have five people in a room and one is going to at least have a neurological difference, which is cool. Um, and, and I'm like 20% of this population going to something cool that isn't served for them. But then... Um, you know, you make it cool and then everybody can go, well, maybe it'll work. So uh, I think we've made that decision in July and we had decided to do it in October because we thought that's when everybody will want to do it. And so we pulled the first one off in 2019 and we did it at the school because we had nothing else. We had 12, we had scraped together $1,200 in sponsorships and built an entire thing. It was about, uh, let's see, the first room was the jungle. Then there was an underwater world, a spacewalk and the lab, the scientist lab. And, um, and yeah, so very little advertising, very little like Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and then the $1,200 and we made about $4,000 off of that about five, uh, 500 people went through it wow. and we're like, okay. 4,000. That's, that's the biggest we've made so far, uh, next to an, uh, online auction we did. And, um, it was a ton of work, but we all like got together. And the cool part was that, um, it was all on my shoulders and I had never done anything quite. I mean, the, the wine shop's different because you have cash flow and you're paying people when you're leading 20 volunteers, it's, it's different. A lot. It's so hot. <laughs> like I run, I run events all the time and volunteering, like telling a volunteer to do something or asking them to do something compared to an employee. It's like, and then you also kind of feel guilty because you're like, you're doing this for like for yeah. free in your own time. So it is yeah. it's like a completely different game. Yeah. And, and it was, I just, I learned a lot. It was really a pleasure and an honor to be leading that group of people. I mean, a lot of them were the parents, but then there were other people that have nothing to do with anything. They just were happy to pitch in. And, uh, so it was on me or I felt the responsibility of being like, um, I need to honor their time and yeah. get my stuff in a group so that <laughs> this goes well. And the thing I was like, okay, this is going to work was after the event, which was hard. Um, it was three days learned a lot. Uh, everybody wanted to come back and help again next year. And I was like, okay, this worked. <laughs> if everybody wants to help next year, then, then nobody hates me. Then, yeah. 
we got something. And, and then the feedback from the people that went were like, are you going to do this next year? This was so great. I, people, families of like, uh, they had, you know, 10 kids and stuff and all the kids wanted to go again, twice, three times. And it was just really special. And we thought, okay, there is a chunk of the community that really likes this. So, um, we wanted to do that. And then, and it made me a better person. Like there was this little girl, um, McKenna who goes to the school and her and her dad were helping the day we opened the first night. And I'm learning a lot about myself as I'm trying to, to do all this stuff. And she comes up to me and she's like, Hey, Hey, Sarah, Miss Sarah, do you like being the boss of everything? And I thought about it, like, because she's meeting the event and I'm like, Whoa, out of the mouth of babes. And I went, yeah, McKenna, I do. (laughs) And she's like, cool. And I talked to her mom later and her mom's like, she asked that kind of question because she wants to be like that. She wants to be a CEO when she grows up. And so she's watching women do cool stuff and then seeing if they like it. So, cause that's what she wants to be when she grows up. And I'm like, Oh oh my God. Like the village, our little village is kind of, I, Oh, so, um, so that led to 2020 hitting and us obviously doing nothing like everyone else on planet earth. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And I mean, we did like a, a little short pivot for Halloween and we delivered gift baskets, which was cool, but it wasn't our core value. Like this is going to go big or whatever. It was just, maybe we could bring in something for the kids. So that was cool, but, uh, really geared up for 2021. And, um, and so we were able to, let's see our little team. So it's a team of three core people that pull it off. It's me and two other ladies. One doesn't have kids and she just adores the foundation and then the other one has a has a child that goes to the school too and the foundation is separate from the school so the school is a for-profit institution that is so that it um doesn't necessarily have to fit in the constructs of what the education system is and it's kind of confusing but it's the reason that they have to do that is because the current education system as it is doesn't help neurodiverse people so it's like we can't be a charter because then they would be like, well, then you have to fit in this box. Well, these kids don't fit in that box. So it's a it's for profit, but it doesn't make profit. And um, so we started a foundation that's completely a 501c3 that's separate. And its whole purpose is to raise scholarship funds for anybody that would like to attend that school or any school like it in Idaho. Um, actually, I think it can be anywhere beyond. Nope. It's just Idaho. Sorry. I was in the office verifying that just yeah. Idaho, but it's the only school for now that is in Idaho that provides this stuff for kids with dyslexia and other learning issues. There's, there's, I think there's 18 or more of them. Wow. Um, yeah. So, um, so we, the, the 2021, I kind of was like, okay, I think it's going to be a crazy year. I, I know that people are feeling pent up um, and we need to pull this off, even though, and I, I thought that the COVID wave had hit in the early, like late winter 
uh, early, early spring of 21. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it relaxed in summertime when we're building props and we're planning and we're sponsorship fundraising and we're, mm-hmm. we're doing all that. So I'm like, okay, everything's going to be great. And we went from raising 1200 that first time to raising 8,800 this time. And that was a huge help. Um, we were able to get some really cool props. Like we have a full grown, um, full grown it's, it's fake, but it's a life-size horse, but wait, we turned it into a fabulous unicorn. Of course. And why didn't you? Of, yeah. Like it has, and so it's got this glorious horn and it's glows in the UV light. So it's in the black light. It's just magnificent. And it has super like iridescent opaly hair. And it's amazing. We just, we're like, we have to have this. So um, we, some of the sponsors pulled together and we were able to get that. And so we were like planning, this is going to be it. And then we were able to get the fairgrounds and we were just super excited. And then late September, um, COVID hit a new wave and I lost one of my, my number two, like my, my other main person. And she's more organized than I am. So I'm like, I'm screwed, but, um, we pulled it out again, um, put out an SOS to the community and got some help. And we were able to, the first night we sold out and I could not believe that, um, we can take about 500, 515 max a night. And, um, that uh, on Saturday night, we had 525 tickets sold. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then we do that for seven nights. So we had over 25, 24, 50, something like that people. So 2,450 people go through and, um, we raised over $25,000. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that gets to help more kids. Um, we already have three families asking and following the, through the grant process or the scholarship process. Um, and we can help them. It's not, they, they're partial scholarships, but when any bulk of a tuition can get paid, it, it helps and you can make payments the rest of the year. Um, so, but our goal, like my, my five-year goal with neon jungle is that we would make six, six figures consecutive in five years. So right now we're at five, uh, excuse me, six figures. Yeah. So right now we're at five figures and I want to, we're going to, we're slated hopefully to double. So make around 50,000 this year. And then I want to make a hundred thousand by maybe next year or the year after, and then just ramp that up a little bit more and make that a sustainable, cool thing for the community. Um, the other cool thing is the community really likes it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that whole, like, and you were talking about the meow wolf and all of those things. And we went to that like art installation when we were this in, it was in the Venetian and like, it was just really cool to have a place even to take photos, unique photos, because yes. right now social media is so important. And like to have those interesting content photos, like to have something like this, it's unique that you can't just go out and just in your backyard and create that scene. I think it's just so phenomenal. Plus it's giving entertainment to kids and families and it's something else to do besides, you know, the same things families do, especially in the area. And then it gets cold. So it's fun to like have something to look forward to like this. And I just, I think it's very smart. 
Thank you. Thank you. We, and we love, we love doing it like all year long. We're collecting ideas. We're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're learning crazy stuff. Like I'm going through the Imagineers Disney, um, like education program. <laughs> Cause I like, well, I got to learn how to do Pepper's ghost illusions so that it looks like a bird's really flying, even though it's not. Um, but we want to ramp it up every year and make it super cool so that it is like the quality of Meow Wolf or something. But um, when I saw that Meow Wolf and then there's other world in Ohio and there's just they're popping up and I'm like, good, because I love that the community. And and for me, I, I adore I'm I'm I was originally born and raised in San Diego and I moved up here when I was 19. And so I've been here almost 20 years and. Um, I, I've, you know, something cool happens in Seattle. So you go to Seattle or something pops up in Portland, you go to Portland. And I was like, why don't, why don't we come closer, get over here. There's people. And I realized like, there isn't going to be something like that here unless we do it here. And so I think that I'm betting on our community too to, to pitch in and, that just gives me a lot of hope and pride that, yeah, we do like stuff. That's cool. <laughs> We're going to come out in our community. I know I just interviewed some women on the podcast, Alan Callie with, um, the art and cultural Alliance. And that oh, was cool. one of the things we talked about was like, you know, how many people do crave that art and that excitement. And then you have the kids. I think more kids need to be exposed to things like this. And yeah. then it's really cool for artists to get involved you know, with a project like this, that some artists probably out there that I don't know if you do connect with them, but they would love to be a part of this because this is like what they, like their passion is. Yeah. So that's my big goal this year. And so something like this is super helpful and you knowing all the things and keeping tabs. <laughs> I love that day, by the way. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. But I just, uh, yeah, we are looking to reach out more and more in the community. Um, we have a few people that are interested, but it takes an army, especially with some of the stuff we have planned. So um, like any kind of any kind of artist or creative, it doesn't even have to be whatever you would consider fine art. It can be crafting. It can be you just like doing whatever. Um, we have projects that require more than one creative director. So I, me and my team of three are kind of organizing and making things happen. But the more that people come in, we have really fun things for them to do. And every voice is valuable. So if somebody like we, we've had volunteers come in and they're like, well, what if it looked like this instead? I'm like, that's a great idea. Do it. And they're like, whoa. So empowering creative people too, which I think as a creative, it could be really tough to uh, speak up for your inner creativity sometimes and be like, no, I'm creative and I have a point of view and it should be this. Like, yeah, yeah. so in, in this environment, because I understand that I want, um, I want Neon Jungle to be that place where creative people can be heard and then express it. And then the community loves it. And then we're helping our kids. Um, and that's just how it should be. So there. <laughs> yeah. So what about what, I mean, what are your big plans for this year? Do you have any cool things that like you can, I know you probably can't tell everything, but like, do you have any little things you can kind of tease us with of, you know, plans for this and when is it the neon jungle this year? 
Yeah. So Neon Jungle will be the middle two weeks of October from the 14th, 15th, 16th or something like that, or 15th, 16th, 17th. And then the next weekend after that. So 20 uh, and and there's a Thursday, the 24th, 5th, 6th, 7th, something like that. Um, The middle two weeks of October will be taken over the fairgrounds. We'll have we'll be in building three, um, which is right by the entrance. And um, ticket sales will probably start in in August. Um, and then uh, we I can share this one because we can for sure do it. We're going to have a candy room, uh, like a uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, uh, it'll be like giant suckers and huge walls of chocolate. And um, yeah, it'll just be like you're lost in Willy Wonka's factory I feel like that's every like if you grew up and you watched that as a kid like that is your dream as a kid <laughs> to walk into Willy Wonka's factory and be like yeah. walking around those you know the only issue because I'm, I'm surprised every time at what people will do so we try to make it very tactile so that kids and stuff can touch things but um some things are not as strong as as 2000 people coming along and touching it. So like the horse is, the horse is made of metal. We had grown men getting on there who wanting their picture on the unicorn. Like, I mean, 50 year old logger guy getting on there. He wants this picture. I'm like, I love it. This is awesome. But then we had other folks that like, I have these special glowing mushrooms and they don't glow with a light. They, they have a special way of glowing. And people could not figure it out. So people like take a mushroom. I'm like, what? Well, I have a backup. So I just add mushrooms every night to the logs because people want to figure it out. I'm like, this is interesting. So I have to make things pretty sturdy. Um, Yes, you do. And I'm pretty sure somebody's going to lick something in the candy room. So we might give out candy. So they don't like, this is not (laughs) real candy. (laughs) This is going to be disappointing if you lick this. Not, <laughs> not a gonna... chocolate wall. This is yeah. mud. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's paint and you're not going to like it. So don't. But I just love that people come alive and they think that they can and they try and go for it. You're having a good time. So. <laughs> I love that. Well, um, another question is, okay, so people are listening. They're excited. They love your story, which I love that you told us your whole story of how you know, you, you know, you, with your kid all the way through the school stuff to like, you're like, all right, this is what's going to happen and how I'm going to get my kid to like, be able to be the best, you know, boy he can be. And like all these great things, what are ways that people can get involved? How do they contact you? How, maybe they want to donate, maybe they want to like use their hands or maybe they're just volunteer and whatever. How does someone get a hold of you and like connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So you can, uh, if you want to get a hold of me personally, you can go to the uh, go S A R A H. So Sarah at W two L foundation.com. And that's my email for the foundation. I'm the event coordinator, manager, organizer for them. Um, we've pulled off other events too, and they were successful, but I can only pull off neon jungle now. It's so big. So, um, but you can email me there with any questions uh, and it's W2L. So wired to learn foundation, but W2L foundation.com. And then, or you could just go to wired. um, Let me double check that it's um, 
if it's wired to like the number two okay. learn foundation and um it's w2lfoundation.com and you can see what the foundation's doing as well um we're a 501c3 and so um, you can see the board, you can donate directly on that website if you want to, you can, we have resources on there um, for like the scholarship application is on there, our event calendar, um, like all the good stuff is on there. And um, so yeah, w2lfoundation.com and then, um, or you can email me, Sarah at w2lfoundation.com. That's perfect. Do you take like donations of things like, hey, this is like, you need plywood. I mean, things like that mm -hmm. people may like, may have extra of that can, you know, they think is like, this is going to sit in their basement, but like, I think wood because prices of like lumber and stuff is expensive. Is there things like that, that you're like, yes, we take that and we want yes. that we need? Yes. Yep. Lumber is a huge one because we will be building out of a room within a room. Um, so lumber and, or if you know of a local manufacturer or someone who has a CNC machine that we could use, um, where I, I'm going to reach out to Gizmo, who I, I also, say, have you reached out to them? Cause they got yeah, goods. I did in 2019 and they were busy, which I totally get. So we're going to, you know, and that's the thing with growing something, um, be it a business or an event, you know, something that doesn't work the first year doesn't mean it'll never work. Um, people that want to contribute one year might not be able to the next year. And that's okay. Um, because it's just taking a village to, um, take care of each other. And I see that now, I think I was more insular, insular before where I was just like, okay, I'll just take care of me and mine. And I realized the more that I branch out and stop worrying about being taken care of. And I, I care about others, the more I am taken care of, if that makes any sense. For sure. Like, no, I get it hundred percent work in the nonprofit realm. So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And I, oh, I love that you work and take care of and help with the trails. Um, the trail of the Coeur d'Alene's is like, if that, if I didn't have that, I don't know what, but we also live right by um, the live? centennial. We live in post falls in the okay. Highlands. So right by the centennial trail and we get our bikes and I can go forever, like however many miles I want to, mm -hmm. it helps us be safe because You're not fine. every automobile is watching out for us. Nope. So, <laughs> and so I, I adore all the trail stuff. It's, Good. it's, you could say, you know, yeah, it's for sure saving lives. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to quantify it because you don't, yeah. You don't hear yeah. about it because we do have so many safe trails around here that are away from the road, away from traffic that kids can run right their bikes on it and parents can see them in the distance and know they're going to be okay. They're going to yes. maybe run into a tree if they're not paying attention. But other than that, like it's, yeah. a, it's a good way to put it too, is also bringing safety for our, especially for our families. They can go on a big bike ride and not have to stress, stress, get off the road and freak right. out. Right. Yeah. And you can go a long way. Like it's really special. I love that trail. And, um, but the safety is like huge for me. I've, I've known too many, um, women who have lost a husband to cycling and a car not being careful. And, you know, it's just not, you're, you're not, very protected on a bike. 
the helmet can only protect so much. And, um, so yeah, I would say you, what you do saves lives, but well, thanks. <laughs> you made my day. <laughs> You're welcome. It's true though. It's true. So yeah, I do love it. One of the last questions I ask, um, cause you made this really easy for me. You, I didn't even have, to have questions, but I was like, oh, she's going to give me before I even Sorry. No, I'm, I'm long-winded. Oh, I love it. Cause we needed to know like kind of your backstory and how it became to what it is. And I cannot, I like, when I found out that you're doing it this year, I cannot wait. I'm telling all my friends, let me know so we can buy our tickets. Cause I was like, you can use this for, I mean, taking photos and experience stuff. And it's a great, like fun thing to do outside of the regular stuff. But, you know, we talked about COVID and how it's been a, you know, rough couple years. And as an event planning, you never know what's going to happen. This is, that's what taught me is that event planning, you can have everything ready, but something like COVID you're like there, you have to recreate something. Like we did like brew hop in a bag. We did ales for the trail instead of the event Yeah, giving out gift baskets. And it was like, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. And so you know, and then there's mental health that goes with everything that's been going on, emotional health, physical, what kind of piece of advice would you give to someone maybe out there that's struggling, maybe even with your realm with having a kid that has dicks less dicks. It's all right. (laughs) Words are hard today. Um, anything with near, see, I can't even use words. It's all right. Neurodiverse dyslexic. I know the one that's really, I hate I don't hate it, but it's hard to say. It's dyscalculia. Yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, not even gonna try. <laughs> I don't even try to say it fast. I have to break it out syllable by syllable. But yeah. that's trouble with numbers. Like, um, they can't. Like, if I said, if I wrote two, you, you, they don't translate that into like two trees or two pennies or two. Like, um, there's I just. You're talking about that the day that you and I were you were explaining it to me, and I was like, oh, that is mind blowing. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what would you give maybe a piece of advice to someone that's, you know, going through something right now? Um, I think um, the thing I learned that I, like I was saying, I was pretty insular before and I thought, I'll just figure it out. And that was a big waste of time. <laughs> um, quite frankly, if I had reached out sooner to Elisa and been more humble about it or you know, it was scary, scary for me to make the first event. Cause I was like, will anybody like it? I don't know. But the more I reach out into the community and let them know what's going on and that this is a thing that needs, people need help. Um, the more I realize, like we live on a good planet and there's good humans on here who are willing to help who have, who know more than me about things. And so with the dyslexia, I, when Judah was diagnosed with that, and, um, and on spectrum autism, I was in denial at first, like, no, cause he can spell hippopotamus easily. What do you mean? But he can't spell the, there's like a disparity, like, come on. And so I, I just had to, um, not, I, you know, honor the emotions and then figure it out. And so reaching out more, Um, there's a lot of Facebook communities online that, um, of parents with kiddos who are either neurodivergent or, um, have a learning issue like, like dyslexia or another, another one. Um, and some of them kids can have a couple, um, 
dysgraphia and dyslexia kind of look a lot alike. Um, and so there are schools that can help. Um, looking up Aerosmith, that's the program that our school uses. They were based out of Toronto. They're pretty incredible. And it's um, Arrow, like A-R-R-O-W, Smith, not like the band. Um, so they're incredible. But there's a lot of, lot of resources out there if you look. And if you're um, in Idaho, reach out to the foundation and we will help you. Um, so there's, there's that. And then with building events and all that, I couldn't have done it without the people helping, like the team that believed in the idea, believed in me believed in this movement. Um, if I had tried by myself, like really by myself, this would have never worked. And so just having, you know, I got, I guess I didn't think about it before, but it was a little bit, uh, just kind of a curmudgeon. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, the more I lean on people and they lean on me, the better person I become of a person. And so, um, I never thought I would be a part of a nonprofit as an entrepreneur. I'm just like, mm, profit, nonprofit. Ew. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I didn't know what it meant and I didn't have a good enough reason. And then Judah made me a better person by, you know, this stuff he's dealing with. I'm like, oh, um, I need to get out of my own little world and, and get into the bigger world and start playing there. And um, so, yeah, uh, we all have trauma. We all have hurts. Um, but kind of leaning on one person and then leaning on another and then maybe reaching out in the community and we can all be better. So, yeah, awesome. no, that was perfect. <laughs> you were fantastic. I just adore you. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. Thank you. Same here, Tabitha. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I love this. Thanks for listening to keeping tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping Tabs is all about people, telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.